Hello and welcome to this latest installment of Barnard's on the NBA. I'm your host, Matt Barnard, and I'm joined here by my son and co-host, Emilio. Hey, it's me. Yes, that's him. And on this very special episode, we're joined by our first ever guest, my brother-in-law and Emilio's uncle, Sam Matterchain. Hey, it's me, Sam. Yes, that's him as well. And on this episode, we'll be uh, taking a slightly different approach than we have in previous episodes. We're still going to be putting together the best lineup one could put together of NBA players based upon where they played in college. But we're going to be focusing on one college in particular, UConn, a school that's produced many, many NBA uh, stars. As we do on these episodes, we run through position by position, starting at center, then power forward, small forward, shooting guard, and point guard. And on this episode, we're going to do that twice because UConn is so deep. Let's start off in the way that we usually do at center. Emilio, who's your first team center from UConn? Andre Drummond. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Andre Drummond, one of my, uh, one of my personal favorites. Mills, what can you tell us about our guy, Andre? He has the number one rebound rate of all time. Yeah, um, he's really good at rebounding. Um, he's a yeah, Big Penguin. That's his nickname. Big Penguin. Uh, yes, that is uh, one of his nicknames. Yeah, as you mentioned, uh, number one uh, rebound rate of all time. Number one defensive rebound rate of all time. Number two in offensive rebound rate all time. That's what you're talking about. We're talking about Andre Drummond. This guy has uh, has really figured out how to dominate the glass. What do you think about that, Sam? There's no question. He's he's the best center that's come out of UConn. He's the absolute dominant force on the boards. He's got a nose for the ball, and he's got the size to make it happen. It's it's got to be Andre. Yeah, I mean, not not a whole lot else to his game other than uh, other than his rebounding and inside play. But uh, he's certainly uh, dominated in those areas. And he's yeah. still going. I mean, the the ceiling is hasn't been reached. Yeah, he's a two time All Star. Uh, yeah, th- yeah th- a three-time rebounding champion, really. I mean, you know, you look at the uh, the, the black ink for uh, for Andre Drummond in the rebounding department. I mean, he's uh, he's been first-rate his entire career, pretty much. And I think certainly the uh, UConn starting center for me as well. Yes. Mills, who you got at, uh, at, at power forward? I got Uncle Cliffy. Oh, yeah, Uncle Cliffy. Tell us a little bit about about uh, Cliff Robinson. This guy drafted all the way back in 1989. So uh, digging a little bit deeper yeah. into the past. This guy is a sixth man type player, one time All Star. Um, yeah, this guy, 50th all time in scoring, all time. Yeah, it's pretty impressive when you think about it that way. He played a really long time. He's actually 14th in games all time in the regular season, with 1,380 regular season games. And, uh, you know, when you uh, put up production like he did over that amount of time, uh, it really adds up. I mean, he, you know, as, as I mentioned, came into the league in uh, 1989, long before a lot of these UConn players uh, emerged onto the scene. And uh, really a guy who got the uh, UConn basketball program uh, going in terms of producing pros. Yeah, I think, Matt, you were talking about how he's one of the only guys in the pre-Jim Calhoun era in terms of, you know, Jim Calhoun coming in and recruiting all these unbelievable players. And he really got it done in terms of UConn alum playing in the NBA. I think he's number two in minutes played, number two in steals. You know, he's near at the top in all these categories because he did it for so long, was super consistent, and just uh, 
ahead of his time in terms of being able to defend multiple positions. And let's talk for a moment about that style. I mean, like that, that yeah. classic headband. Yeah, I mean, he's, when I think Cliff Robinson, I think the headband, he, he really brought that. You got to like that. Uh, yeah, Cliff Robinson was also my, uh, my power forward on my UConn first team. Was he yours as well, Sam? No, I actually had uh, Rudy Gay. Rudy Gay. All right, let, let's jump a little bit out of sequence here. Let's get to Rudy Gay. Actually, Emilio, you you had Rudy Gay as your uh, as your starting three, didn't you? Yeah. Did. All right, perfect. So let's let's transition right into uh, Rudy Gay. What can you tell me about this guy, Mills? Let's do a little intro on this uh, active player. He, I think he's very good. I mean, you were noticing the other day that um, that he's hardly ever been to the playoffs, like Andre. But I was saying, like. He played on the Grizzlies, Raptors, Kings, and Spurs. I mean, does make it tougher. There's no question. Yeah, I, I moved to Knoxville uh, right around the time that Rudy was really heating up for the Grizz, and there are a lot of Grizzly fans there. So he has a special place in my heart. Watching him tear it up, he's got a sort of quiet style, has that sort of humble swagger. He can fill up the stats lines. He's definitely can play the the small forward or the or the power forward. I mean, he's he's a heck of a player. Yeah, no question. I mean, and, you know, you look at the the duration of his career at this point, coming into the league as a twenty year old, and he's really been performing at a pretty high level. He's only thirty three right now. He's only thirty three right now, as you say. I mean, yeah, a, a guy who could uh, continue to climb up the uh, all time games list and uh, continue to add to his impressive resume, and hey, hopefully even find his way into uh, some more playoff opportunities if he uh, if he's fortunate enough to do that. Uh, so you guys had uh, so th that was Sam. He was your uh, your starting power forward, and, and Meals your starting small forward, right? All right. So uh, let's um, let, let's continue on here. I guess we can go to uh, Meals your shooting guard. Well, do, do you want to um, say your um, small forward? Yeah, I guess I guess we can continue to jump around yeah. here. It's a little more experimental uh, episode than uh, than we've done previously. Yeah, I'll, I'll jump in with my uh, my, my starting three was. My man, Rip Hamilton. Now, uh, Rip Hamilton, of course, uh, storied career starting off in, uh, in in Washington, making his way to the Pistons in the uh, Jerry Stackhouse trade, uh, having come into the league back in uh, in '99 and being a part of uh, some incredible uh, Pistons five five man units and you know winning winning a title with the Pistons. Yeah, three time All Star, won a title with the Pistons. And this guy was very good. Yeah, famous for uh, for wearing that uh, that mask that uh, was necessitated by br breaking his nose uh, at some point during his career. Held on to that for a long time because he liked the way it felt and uh, you know great look as well. Uh, Sam, you got any feelings on uh, Rip Hamilton? I have really really strong feelings about Rip. For me, I think he's the greatest UConn player of all time. If you factor in their college career, we're not doing that here, so he he can't quite hold the mantle as the greatest pro player uh, to rep UConn. But man, that shooting stroke was so sweet. He kept the mid-range, the mid-range jumper alive in the NBA. Uh, you know, he would have nights where he would shoot 100% from the floor when he was at UConn, and he would come pretty close to that in the pros. He was a crucial part of a championship-caliber team. You know, Rip was also known for being super fit. He brought that to the table yeah. in terms of keeping your cardio up and being able to defend anybody and just moving off so many screens similar to somebody else that we're going to talk about soon. But yeah, I love Rip. He's one of my favorite all-time players. Yeah, kind of a Reggie Miller type in the sense, oh, yeah. or a Steph Curry and like that, you know, constant movement. I mean, mm -hmm. always looking for for uh, his shot. 
you know, amazing athleticism and uh, energy level. I mean, able to beat everyone in that regard. And uh, really, I mean, it you know reflected in his really high usage throughout his uh, career. I mean, this guy was, you know, whether you're talking about the playoffs or uh, the regular season, up over 26, almost 27% usage throughout his career. I mean, on really good teams, obviously. So uh, Rip Hamilton, a major, major factor in the NBA, and I think certainly one of the best UConn players ever. And he, he's who I had at my small forward as well for that first team. All right. So let's uh, let, let's keep moving on. Uh, Rip might be a more natural two, but uh, we got someone else in the uh, in the two spot when you're talking about UConn. Yeah, Meals. I think we all have him at the two spot. Um, Ray Allen. Yep, yep. Give us a little bit about uh, about Ray Allen, a, a legend for sure. Most three pointers of all time. Ten time All Star, Hall of Famer, two time NBA champion, two time All NBA, All Rookie Team, and uh, in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I mean that's uh, it's, you know more more than deserving, and I mean the career accolades for uh, for Ray Allen really really substantial. I mean first all time in threes, unbelievable. Uh, nobody does it like Ray or did it like Ray. And I, I bet if he was to get back out on the court for a team right now, he would probably still be able to hold his own because like Rip Hamilton, he he had that cardio, he could move around, and I don't know, Mills, you've watched some of his highlights too when he shoots it. You just think it's going in every time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, w- certainly one of the, one of the great shooters of all time uh, had a, had a career that uh, spanned, uh, you know, the basketball court as well as the silver screen. You may remember oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Him, his performance in uh, the classic film. He got game. He was a good actor. He yeah. Was solid. Yeah. I mean, so he's you know touched uh, touched lots of parts of uh, of American life. Uh, Ray Allen, a legend to be sure. Um, yeah, I mean, hard to argue with his inclusion here as the uh, as the starting two on this team, given his, uh, his tremendous accomplishments. I would say right now he's the greatest professional basketball player to come out of UConn. Yeah, I, I think when you add it all up, I think that that's a really fair assessment. Uh, let's move on to uh, to starting point guard, Mills. Uh, who'd you have there? I think we also have him as our starting point guard, Kemba Walker. Yeah, tell us a little bit about Kemba. Obviously, an active player getting ready to uh, come back for the restart with the Celtics right now. Uh, yeah, what do you got on Kemba Walker? He's very good. Um, four-time All-Star. I mean, yeah, he he led his team to a national title. So, yeah, pretty unbelievable college career. I mean, I, I've recounted many times with uh, with Emilio the uh, unbelievable run Kemba Walker led UConn. Uh, on through the uh, Big East tournament and then to a national title. I mean, really, Sam. I mean, one of the one of the most un- incredible like sequences of games I, I you'll get, ever see. I get chills when I think about that step back jumper to win. Uh, he was virtually unstoppable during that tournament, and you still see flashes of it in his pro career. And I'm I'm looking at the numbers here. He's almost exactly halfway between the number of games and minutes played that Ray Allen has. So he's only halfway through his career by that measure. And by the time he's done, he might take that trophy from Ray as the greatest alumni to come out of UConn. And he's already like Rip Hamilton in terms of what he did when he was at UConn. So he's got a promising career ahead of him. He's already been doing it. And right now he's doing it for my team, the Boston Celtics. So I love that guy. Yeah, to me, it's really a question of, like, can he sustain? I mean, can he keep it going? You know, at age 29 right now, I mean, like, how much further into his career can he get performing at this level? But then you look at it, he's like, well, all-star the last four years. I mean, it's not like he's slowing down. I mean, no, like, no. He, he's still performing at an incredibly high level. 
He's often a guy we talk about as, uh, you know, one, one of the best like six foot and under players of all time, just in terms of being able to, you know, make it all happen. You could truly run an offense through Kemba Walker Absolutely. As, has been the case so many times. Yeah. right? And his three point shot is uh, getting better year per year. He's a deadly shooter. He's an incredible passer. He's a lockdown defender. He can do it all. Yeah. I mean, any, any other notes about uh, Kemba Walker watching him play meals? Um, yeah. I mean, he's a 20 point a game scorer. Yeah. Consistently. Yeah. I mean, he's averaged over 20 points a game and five years in a row. Last five years. Yeah, right. I mean, he's really, really stepped into that uh, that lead responsibility, uh, and and now with the Celtics, I mean, partnering with some uh, really high quality teammates as well. Emergence of Jason Tatum, maybe settling into uh, a more secondary role, but one in which he can also really shine. Yes. Yeah. So that's uh, so. Let's just run through uh, run through your first uh, team of, uh, of UConn players, Mills, and we can move on to the the second one and and get into discussing some of these other guys we haven't gotten to yet. Okay, center Andre Drummond, power forward. Um, Cliff Robinson, um, small forward Rudy Gay, shooting guard Ray Allen, and point guard Kimball Walker. Why don't you guys run down your team's Sure. So I'll, I'll do mine, and then, uh, Sam, you can uh, follow up with yours in just a moment. Uh, so I also had Andre Drummond at center, Cliff Robinson at power forward, Rip at the three, uh, Ray Allen at the two, and Kemba Walker at the point. I had Andre Drummond at center, Rudy Gay at power forward, Rip Hamilton at small forward, Ray Allen is my shooting guard, and Kemba Walker at the point. All right, great. So let, let's uh, get on to the, into the second team of this uh, really deep UConn squad. Mills, who you got at your second team center? Emeka Okafor. Yeah, that's Emeka Okafor. Yeah, what can you tell us about uh, about Emeka? This guy has been out of the league just for a little bit, but a uh, productive player for quite some time. Yeah, I mean, he actually, like, um, was finished in, like, 2013, I think it is, and then came back in 2017 and didn't play one year. Yeah, had a brief cameo with uh, with the Pelicans. That's right. It, it was quite surprising because he had been out of the league for, for quite a few years uh, prior to that. But a guy who had put up a really impressive NBA run uh, during the earlier part of uh, the 2000s, drafted number two overall. And was rookie of the year. Yeah, exactly. Number two overall in 2004, uh, came in as Rookie of the Year. Uh, Sam, you have any uh, recollections of uh, Mecca Okafor's game? Yeah, definitely one of the top guys when he was at UConn. He was a fan favorite. As I recall, he was uh, quite the scholar, uh, really powerful intellect, uh, and he used that to defend the glass. Only Cliff Robinson has more blocks over a much, much longer career. He's, you know, a 12-10 and 10 guy. Didn't turn the ball over well. He could facilitate really good locker room presence. He's one of my favorite UConn players, one of, especially, you know, when it comes to the bigs. Yeah, Emeka, he could get it done. I thought he was going to have a bit more of a fantastic pro career than he did. Uh, that's probably why he slid to these second teams. I also have him at the center on my second team. But nonetheless, a great NBA player, uh, and he represented UConn well. Yeah, I mean, he averaged um, – a um, double double in his first five seasons. Yep. Yeah, pretty impressive. I mean, when you look at his uh, his rebounding rate, I mean, you mentioned his uh, his block ability. I mean, he's a yeah. tremendous uh, rim protector, shot blocker. Also, twenty uh, first all time in total rebound percentage. I mean, this guy yeah. was uh, a major major factor on the glass as well. I mean, you wonder whether uh, his career might have been a little longer if he was uh, a little bit less undersized. I feel like didn't quite have the bulk of like some of the biggest NBA centers, or maybe if he'd come along. A little bit later, where that was uh, yeah. a bit less prized. I'm looking at the stats Emilio has up now, and it looks like he was a power forward 
for the best two career or his first two years of his career, which were two of his best years. So maybe he might have been uh, more well suited at a power forward and possibly had a longer career there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, but uh, you know, certainly a, a long and notable career for uh, for Emeka Ogafor during the years where he was active. Yeah, so, is that a you had too? Yeah, I had him as, as my uh, my second team center as well. Let's uh, let's move on to second team power forward. Mills, who do you have there? Daniel Marshall. Yes, Daniel Marshall. Let's tell us a little bit about him. More from uh, mine and uh, and Uncle Sam's uh, time. Yeah, I mean, I saw that one time he um he had twelve threes in the game. Yeah, that's that's filling it up. Yeah. Uh, so long career for Daniel Marshall, uh, number four overall pick in that uh, nineteen ninety four NBA draft. Not like a, a particularly spectacular player, I, I wouldn't say. More uh, someone who created his value through consistency and uh, performance over over a long period of time. Sam, any uh, any particular rec- uh, recollections of Daniel Marshall? Man, I love Daniel. He was fun to watch play. Uh, Matt and I, we were talking about this last night a little bit. He was sort of ahead of his time in terms of that three-point specialist that could do a few other things. And looking at his stat line here, his, his best year was that first year he was in Toronto in 2003-2004. He started every game he played, played 40, 39 minutes per game, averaged 16 points a game, and he's 30 years old. And this was a guy who he wasn't a physical specimen, so to speak. He, he looked a little bit out of place on the court, yeah. but he could get it done. He was, you know, he was the incredible basketball player. That's who I have actually at my small forward for my second team. I had Cliff Robinson there at the power forward for my second team because he got Right, you up by Rudy Gay. Rudy Gay. But yeah, Daniel Marshall definitely makes my second team as well. Um, when you can shoot that well, you're going to be remembered as a great. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, a 35% three-point shooter for his career. I mean, you imagine in, in an era where uh, three-point shooting by bigs was more valued, that number could have gone up a lot in terms of volume. And uh, it could have been even a bigger factor than he ended up being during his career. That you had to. I also had uh, Daniel Marshall as my uh, second team power forward, yes. Let's get to um, second team small forward. Mills, uh, who do you have here? I just want to point out that's uh, Karan Butler. Um, yeah, he's uh, Karan, Karan Butler. Yeah, Karan Butler, pretty nasty. Uh, tough juice as, uh, as, as he became known as his career went on. What can you tell us about uh, Karan Butler, bud? Yeah, he was a good player. He, he could pop it, and he could throw it down. Yeah, definitely had both those elements in his game for sure. I mean, a uh, guy who had size enough to uh, make his presence felt physically, 6'7", 228, could really get over the rim and dunk uh, forcefully, could get because could uh, you know maneuver his way near the basket to get himself uh, good looks inside, but also, as you mentioned, could pop it. A uh, career, uh, just about 35% three-point shooter, uh, a weapon from out there, and a guy who lasted for quite some time in the league. Oh, yeah, I remember him with uh, Washington. He was, you know, let's see here, he's like a 20-7 and seven guy and get you a, a handful of assists, too. He could D, he could D up, uh, you know, the best swingman on the other team. He's a really valuable player for quite some time. He was great while he was at UConn as well. Karan Butler, it's, it's, this is the guy where I, I really feel I wish there was room for him on the first team because he had such a solid pro career. But this is when we start to speak to just how deep that UConn class is. And Jim Calhoun started recruiting these guys that just end up being incredible pros. 
And so Karan Baller has to slide to the second team, but he is solidly in there. Pro- probably the best player on, on the second team, I think. Yeah, I mean, a really, really notable player for sure. And as you mentioned, I mean, just a, a, another Jim Calhoun recruit. I mean, these teams are just chock full of everybody we've talked about so far, aside from Cliff Roberts, uh, Robinson, really uh, a Jim Calhoun product. All right, let's uh, let, let's move on to uh, uh, Emilio. Your choice for UConn second team shooting guard. Yeah, before I say that, um, did you have Karan Butler as well? I actually had Karan Butler as my second team shooting guard, so that that would be in my next spot. Um, for my second team uh, small forward, I had Rudy Gay, who we've uh, discussed already. Oh, okay. So I had um, Rip Hamilton. Yeah, Rip Hamilton, who we, we've also discussed. I mean, a, a, a phenomenal career. Any, anything else you want to add on him, or should we, we keep moving here? I think we should keep moving. Um, yeah. Yeah, so uh, our, you had, you had uh, who do you have at your uh, shooting guard for? Uh, Cron Butler. Uh, Cron Butler as well. Yeah. So, uh, Daniel Marshall is my small forward. Cron Butler is my shooting guard. All right, so, we, so we've covered everybody now except for UConn second team point guard. Mills, who do you have there? I got Shabazz Napier. Shabazz Napier, an active player, playing with the Wizards right now, getting ready to uh, suit up in these seeding games. What do you got to say about uh, Shabazz Napier? Yeah, I saw some highlights, and then, I mean, his shots are falling. Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely uh, capable of, uh, of getting the ball in the basket. That's uh, an asset in this game. Uh, yeah, I mean, a, a, a competent backup point guard, but I mean, he was a lot more than that at UConn. So, I mean, I, I think it really remains to be seen what he can do in an even larger role than he's had in the NBA thus far. A little bit undersized, I would say, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see what he can do uh, with uh, more responsibility now in the seeding games in uh, Washington. Yeah, yeah. that's you guys have too? Uh, no, I have somebody else, but Emilio, because he, he's early in his career, what do you think the second half of his career is going to look like? Do you think he's going to be a backup point guard? For the rest of his time, maybe like a Kevin Ollie type guy that just serves as a as a bench player, role player, journeyman type. Or do you think he's going to step up, become a starter, show us what he showed us in college? Might, I think he might step up a little bit. Yeah, then then he probably belongs here. I threw in Ben Gordon. I'm not sure what uh, what Shabazz Napier is going to do with the rest of his career. I, I'm rooting for the guy. I hope he does well. But I had to find a spot for Ben Gordon. Definitely more of a true shooting guard. But he he has enough handles that he could do it. He didn't have the longest career. I don't think he's still in the league. No, he's been out for a little bit. But uh, if you recall back to, I think it's the 2008 NBA playoffs where it was the Bulls versus the Celtics, that series, watching Ben Gordon just drop threes from everywhere, it was unbelievable. He's uh, just He was an incredible shooter, um, had a bit of a disappointing few years with Detroit and couldn't quite keep it going, but... He's such a talented guy. He could fill it up so well that I had to had to give him a spot on the second team there. Yeah, phenomenal shooter to be sure. I mean, a forty percent shooter from three for his career. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, really had his best days with the Bulls there earlier in his career, coming off the bench in a lot of situations, but uh, as a primary part of the offense, and uh, really, I mean, fell apart in terms of uh, what he was supposed to be providing when he joined the Pistons back in uh, two thousand nine. So certainly colored my. Uh, my feelings towards him. Also, I mean, clearly, as you mentioned, not really a point guard. I had Shabazz uh, Napier here as well. Um, not a whole lot else to add on him beyond what we've discussed already. I mean, some potential for uh, for future improvement, but also, uh, you know, kind of short of stature. And, um, you know, he's 28 already. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure there's a tremendous amount more room for uh, 
for growth for him other than in opportunity. Uh, Mills, did you uh, have anything else you wanted to say on uh, on Ben Gordon? I, I know uh, he's an another player we at least had to look at in, uh, in putting these teams together for sure. Yeah, I mean, he was okay. I think of him most as on the Hornets. I don't know why, but. Yeah, I think it's because, you know, you started following uh, basketball later. I mean, having been, you know, born in 2011. Uh, and, you know, we, we've got some video games that feature Ben Gordon towards the end of his career on the uh, on the Bobcats. And, uh, yeah, just getting down to the tail end of his career. But, I mean, I think, you know, his, his best days clearly uh, with, with the Bulls and, you know, to a lesser extent with the Pistons prior to that. Yeah, the dude could hoop. He's one of those guys I think about when the ball's in his hand. He's probably going to shoot it, and it's likely going to go in. Absolutely. Very, very well said. Uh, so let's, uh, so I, I think we, we've now covered our, uh, our, our top two teams. Mills, you want to run down that, uh, that second team one more time before we move on? Yeah. Center, Emeka Oakford, um, power forward, Daniel Marshall, small forward, Karen Butler, um, shooting guard, Richard Hamilton, and point guard, Chiraz Napier. Yeah. And I had uh, Emeka Oakford at center, Daniel Marshall at power forward, Rudy Gay at small forward, Karan Butler at shooting guard, and Shabazz Napier at point guard. Mine's pretty similar. Emeka at center, Cliff Robinson power forward, Donnie Marshall, small forward, Karan Butler is my shooting guard, Ben, Gar ben Gordon is the one. Great. So, uh, yeah, we've covered uh, covered these teams. I think there are a few more players, though, that, uh, that weren't mentioned uh, before we move on completely. Uh, any thoughts on, uh, on like, say, Jeremy Lamb, a guy who's currently in the league, still drafted in, uh, in, in 2012, has been in the league for for a few years. Uh, has made his way over to the uh, to the Pacers this season after spending some time with uh, with the Hornets. Uh, yeah, what, what do you got on uh, on Jeremy Lamb Mills? Any, any thoughts on him? I mean, yeah, if you haven't seen his um, chuck from half court that um, went down to win the game against the Raptors, I mean, you got to see that one. Yeah, well, uh, truly, I mean, one of the great buzzer beaters of all time. Oh, I mean, yeah, beyond half court. I mean, it's really really stunning to uh, realize down two. Down two, exactly. <laughs> he absolutely needed it. And, uh, yeah, he, he got it in, one of, one of the great buzzer beaters. He's, he's still in the early stages of his career. Kind of, I mean, he's 27, but his last three seasons were his most productive. Uh, he could have some promising years in front of him. Yeah, finally has gotten into starting a bit more and uh, become a, a more central part of, uh, of what, what his team's been doing. But, yeah, I mean, definitely a shooter. I mean, I remember you know him at UConn as well. I mean, a, a guy who was capable of getting pretty unconscious from uh, from the floor, and uh, he's carried that over at, at certain times anyway in the uh, in the NBA. Uh, hurt right now though, so not uh, not coming back for the restart, but hopefully uh, back for the uh, 2021 season uh, whenever that occurs. Uh, other players we uh, we wanted to get to before we uh, before we move on from this segment. Hashim Thabit. Yeah, yeah, a guy who definitely warrants mention as the uh, number two overall pick in the 2009 draft. Uh, yeah, what, what can you what can you give us on uh, Hashim Tabit? Yeah, 2009 draft, one of the great drafts. Mm -hmm. But this guy did not do very well in the league. Yeah, taking one pick before James Harden, a couple of picks before uh, Steph Curry, and uh, averaged 2.2 uh, points per game in his career. Very disappointing. Very disappointing. Yeah, not not really sure that uh, he knew what he was doing out there. No. Uh... Not much else to say about him. Yeah, very tall guy. But, uh, yeah, one of the major busts of uh, certainly the last, uh, I don't know, 20 years. Uh, other players we might uh, talk about from um, from UConn, uh, 
Charlie Villanueva. Any, any thoughts on uh, on this guy? Maybe I, I better hold my tongue on, uh, on Charlie Villanueva. Yeah, uh, I mean, he leaves a bad taste in my mouth, too. I don't know exactly why. Liked him when he was at UConn. Never really liked him as a pro. Yeah, kind of, I mean, n- never fulfilled his promise. I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, had the had the look of, of someone who could be a really successful kind of stretch big from early on and uh, performed at a reasonably high level his first few years in the league, starting a bunch of games and coming off the bench and hitting threes at an acceptable rate. But um, he was a big part of that poisonous locker room in Detroit, wasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, brought in on a, on a you know contract uh, that would suggest that he was going to be in some sort of a leadership role in terms of his play and, uh, in, in the locker room and uh, really ended up being a, a part-time player who was performing below his established level once he got to the Pistons. So definitely part of, um, you know, tanking uh, Pistons basketball for, uh, for quite some time. So, uh, you know, not, uh, not, not, not too big on the guy, even though uh, he was born in Queens. But at least he averaged 10.4 points per game for his career. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that's can, good for him. He can hoop a little bit. Yeah. He made a bunch of money. So, uh, you know, nice, uh, nice for you, uh, Charlie. Um, any other players who uh, who we wanted to uh, mention here? You want to uh, get in any comments on uh, Wes uh, Bielosuknia? Not really. Guy played on the uh, Oakland Oaks back in uh, 67, 68, shared the court with uh, the likes of, uh, you know, Wayne Mollis, Ira Harge, Jim Hadnot, Ronald Franz, uh, Levern Tart. Any, uh, any, any comments, uh, Sam? Not on him, but I've got another one to yeah, talk what? about in Khalid El Amin. Well, let, let's another talk. Another one. Very, very well done. Yes, uh, Khalid Alamin, not too far off from uh, Khalid there. Yeah, Khalid, Khalid Alamin. He was one of those guys that was a fan favorite when he was at UConn because he got that, got them that first title in 1999. It was just all over the place on the court. Nobody hustled harder than him. I loved watching him play, but you know his game didn't really translate to the pros. There's a few other honorable mentions. Khalid Alamin uh, listed at uh, 5'10", 200 pounds. Like, I, I've been pretty close to there, and I don't think uh, yeah. that's really workable for basketball. No, not not really the NBA build. Uh, but we've got we've also got to talk about Art Quimby, who at 6'5", averaged, where is this, 21.5 rebounds per game at UConn. Wow. Unbelievable. Never played in the NBA, but 6'5", six, six feet tall, getting 20, 20 boards a game. And then the last, there's a lot of other honorable mentions we could put in there, but I got to talk about Walt Dropo. Is that how you say it? This dude, 20 points a game in college on the basketball court, didn't go to the NBA because he went and played first base for the Red Sox and got rookie of the year. He was a three-sport athlete, and he picked baseball, and boy, was he good at it. Yeah, he was terrific, I and mean, he managed to stay in the majors for, uh, for 13 years. So uh, very impressive and notable career. I'm not sure there are that many uh, UConn grads who have made it to the majors. Although this is actually a good moment in uh, in, in time right now for uh, for UConn major leaguers as well. Uh, so, any any other uh, players we want to get to? Want to talk about uh, you know I don't know Toby Kimball, Mills? No. Okay, no. so uh, w- without without uh, belaboring this uh, further, we will uh, wrap up this uh, fun segment on UConn, and we'll be back in just a moment. With the NBA seeding games about to uh, begin, uh, we have a, a new segment for you here as uh, Emilio watches these games very closely. He's very, been very interested in the matchups uh, since the schedules came out. He's here to share uh, some of his thoughts of the first few games 
Our first few days worth of games, uh, meals. Uh, what do you got to uh, to pay attention to? Yeah, so on June thirtieth, um, there's um, the Jazz versus the Pelicans at six thirty. That's going to be pretty interesting with um, Zion. I think I think he's playing, and um, yeah, I mean the Pelicans are going to have to, um, you know, get some wins to um, be in the playoffs. Absolutely, these games are really important for them. I think I would imagine, especially the uh, the early ones, in terms of uh, setting a tone that uh, they're going to be chasing down that uh, that elusive playoff spot at the bottom of the West. Yeah, and then there's Lakers Clippers. I mean, number one and number two seed in the in the West. So yeah, at nine thirty, June thirtieth. Yeah, so that's a pretty exciting slate. Uh, the first uh, first night of action uh, tomorrow night. Yeah. And June 31st, uh, Magic Nets at 2.30. Um, I think that's going to be interesting for seeding. If the Nets win that one, I think it's going to be big for them because because they're in front of the Magic right now, but the Magic have, is more are more likely to um, get to that seventh spot in the East. Yeah, you think that's a function of the, uh, the Nets' weak uh, roster right now with all the defections, guys who are not playing? Yeah, I mean, they're starting Jamal Crawford at point guard, so. And how old is he? Forty. How do you think he's gonna do? I think he's gonna do okay. I think he might do great. Yeah, I mean, that dude could fall out. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what he's able to do with all this unexpected uh, usage at this uh, late moment in his it's career. It's gonna be fun to watch. Definitely. Yeah, and then um, at four o'clock, um, Grizzlies Trailblazers uh, at the bottom of the of the West in the playoffs. Yeah, if the Blazers manage to get that win, it's gonna be big for them. Yeah, because they're chasing the Grizzlies, right? I mean, that's that's a direct uh, direct battle there. Yeah, and then um, at six thirty, Bucks Celtics. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, that's gonna be a good one. Oh yeah, who do you got winning that one? Probably the Bucks. Oh come on! <laughs> <laughs> It'll be really fun to see the, uh, that play out on the court after uh, all these months of speculation. At, uh, what else we got in those first couple of days? Um, at nine that day, um, on the thirty-first, Rockets Mavericks. Yeah, what's uh, what's particularly juicy about that? I mean, just all, all those. I mean, if the Mavs pull off that win, it I think it would be very big for them. I oh, think yeah. it would give them a boost of confidence, and yeah. Yeah, that that might be my favorite to watch because I love watching Luca. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's pretty awesome. Luca versus uh, James Harden and uh, Russ. Uh, oh, sign yeah. me up for that. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. How about on uh, August 1st, bud? Um, Heat first Nuggets at um, at 1. Just want to check out that Duncan Robinson, right? Mm-hmm. And, who, do you know, you got the Nuggets got coming back playing, right? Bull, bull. Bull, bull, baby. Best <laughs> handles above seven feet. Yeah, it'll be fun to see him uh, playing some NBA minutes at long last. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be pretty interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, Jazz Thunder, 3.30. Finally, the return of Anthony Robertson. After all this yeah. time, he's back. Yeah, and that that, uh, that Thunder team is scary. What do you think about that rejuvenated Thunder team with Chris Paul at the helm? What do you think about that, Mills? I mean, they're the five seed. Right? They're pretty good. Yeah, they are. Yeah, I think the Thunder could definitely win that one. Where, where do you put Chris Paul in terms of the playoff mix? How do you think he's going to perform? Do you think, you know, age is going to catch up with him, or is he going to keep on? Uh, he's going to keep on. Nice. Yeah. Um, um, Sixers versus Pacers at seven. I mean, five and six seed in the East. 
Yeah, it's gonna gonna be an intense battle, I and mean, to see how much uh, not having Demata Sabonis around is gonna impact the uh, Ooh, the Pacers. Yeah, that's tough. You're gonna have to make some adjustments for sure. Mm-hmm. Who do you got winning that one? Um, I got the Sixers winning it. Yeah, me too. And then um, Lakers Raptors at eight thirty. Oh yeah, that's that's pretty juicy. Oh yeah. Hey, speaking of the the Lakers, how do you feel about their additions? The with J.R. Smith. <laughs> You said J.R. Smith's going to go off. Yeah. Do you remember why? Why? Because he doesn't have the distractions. The knock on J.R. Smith is he's going to go out and party and do these other things. That's not an option anymore. He's going to be focused. And well, a focused J.R. could be deadly. We might see some uh, creativity from uh, J.R. in the bubble. We'll, we'll, see, we'll see what happens. It's true. You might find a way to, yeah. uh, to recreate. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah. let's uh, let's just cover this uh, August second as well. The last uh, last additional day yeah. of games before um, we record again. At two o'clock, Wizards Nets. That game is going to be huge. If the Nets win that first game, then I think they might actually have a chance of getting that seven seed. Yeah, I know you're you're more optimistic about the uh, the Nets uh, prospects than uh, than I am, but I think the Wizards uh, depleted as they are. I mean, are. So it's going to be tough. have a chance with the Nets. I mean, those are going to be the nine, eight, seven. Yeah, it's just going to be tough for them to find an identity with, uh, you know, Bradley Beal and Davis Bertans on the shelf. Yeah, it'll be a competitive game, but it's going to feel more like a JV game compared to some of these other matchups. For sure. Um, Celtics versus Trailblazers at 3.30. Yeah, I mean, that'll, that'll be juicy. I mean, a lot of star power on the court there. I mean, uh, definitely – uh, interested in watching if the one. Blazers can win that one, then I think that's going to be big for them. Yes, for, absolutely. For sure. And are you want to wrap it up with uh, with one more game on August 2nd? Yeah, at 8.30, Bucks Rockets. I mean, kind of kind of speaks for <laughs> itself. That, that That's going to be good stuff. It's going to be a highlight show. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so that's, that'll wrap up the, this segment uh, where we're reviewing uh, some of the uh, seeding games as they're uh, playing out over the next few days. Hope that's useful to you to uh, highlight particular games to listen to. Uh, thanks so much for joining us, uh, Sam. We uh, really appreciated uh, having you on. Your insight is really valued. My pleasure, guys. Yeah, and um, if you're enjoying, please leave a rating, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, we're just about everywhere now. We're uh, on Podknife, Apple Podcasts, Listen Notes, uh, Radio Public, anywhere you might want to go for podcasts at this point. Uh, we, we, got, we should get you covered. And uh, thanks so much for uh, listening. If you want to hit us up on uh, social media, you can reach us at uh, Barnards on NBA on Twitter or uh, Barnards on the NBA at gmail.com. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Bye.